What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 62, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben, uh, who also sounds like he makes tomatoes, Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? <laughs> I love it. He also sounds like he makes tomatoes. Do you remember the context behind that one? Zero clue. Excellent. Well, because we have no context, let's look to see what's going on out there on the ball field. Maybe they can help us with some context. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Hello. How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Very good. Ben, my middle name is Context, but I don't have any on that tomatoes one. Interesting. That's a strange middle name. I agree. I can't really explain it. So I was listening back to episode 61. Can I share something with you? A quote from the last episode that I really enjoyed and think our audience needs to hear again? Please. I wish you would have told me so I could have cut it as a drop. It's all right. It's from Sam. Quote, this is not a chicken and egg problem. You know the size of your head. Buy a hat that fits. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I need Love to check it. and see where our poll is. So, Sam, I didn't get a chance to tell you today. I put a poll out on Twitter just to see where everybody else's heads are at on this. Is that ah, okay? So it's a little weak, but you know, seemed seemed good. Let me pull you're that just up. Pulling, you're just pulling hat size. No, I put uh, I put up what type of baseball cap do you prefer? Fitted caps or adjustable caps? Right now, we have 11 votes on it. I just put it up like a couple hours ago. And 55% say adjustable, 45% say uh, fitted. So we're pretty close. I take brief issue with with the way that you phrase the question, because I think when some people think fitted hats, they think like the fashion hats that like have the big stickers on them. I don't think that people necessarily think about the fitted but athletic cut or style hat, that it doesn't necessarily have to have a super high crown, stuff like that. That specification was not made on the show. I take issue with the sample size. That is all. Well, I told you, I just put it up a little while ago, so there'll be more traction over the coming days. Yeah, I take right. issue with Sam Context taking issue. Hmm. Outrage yeah. society. That's the one we live in. Yes. Yes. Well, more to come on the, the hat banter. It was good talk, though. It, That's it's right. good to know where everybody stands. Sam, to be honest, I was surprised that you were such a fitted cap guy. I guess that makes sense, though. I just I, I don't think I've ever seen you in not a fitted cap. Yeah, I like fitted caps. Is the Rangers one that you have that you wore in the commercial, is that with, you know, the one with the ear flaps, is that fitted as well? That is fitted. That is a fitted leather, waterproof, like flappy ears, winterized Texas Rangers hat. You could literally like Donner party your way through the mountains and that thing and be fine. Yeah. Two things. One, I don't think it ended well for the Donner party. And two, um, for what... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> For what it's worth, um, I, I believe that type of hat is called a deer stalker, but I could be wrong. If it's not called a deer stalker, we should start calling them that. Yeah, for sure. We've we've fucked up as a society if it's not called that. That's all I can tell you. That's a great name. Ben, how did you know that? Did you just ha- happen to run across that fact? Duster Dan. Um, I had a decent size... Um, jd salinger kick wherever i was like reading catcher in the rye and thinking i was much deeper than i actually am and that was the type of hat that holden caulfield the protagonist of that mm-hmm. story 
was wearing. So I, I kind of remembered it from there. Some people even call it a Holden Caulfield cap. Hmm. Interesting. No, it's not that interesting, but thank you. I thought for sure you were going to say that you bought one and then wore it. No, I'm I'm not much of a hunter, believe it or not. I'll never forget the story, Ben, that you told me. It was when I first like met you that someone was walked up to you and was trying to take you hunting or something. Oh my god! So <laughs> I yeah, they they told me like through official work channels, they were like, "Hey Ben, you want to go hog hunting?" And I was like. Do you know me at all? Like that is not who I am or what I'm about. And why are we doing this on like an actual company channel? Can we just talk about something else? To be fair, I don't think I'd be comfortable if we did it on our company channels either. No, no. I, I try to uh, organize my my hog hunting trips through other channels. It seems awfully stuffy, a place where you can't be like, hey, do you want to do a thing later? It's not that as much as it is that it's ridiculous like, to ask Ben of all people. And if you came up to me in conversation, that'd be fine. But we're not talking conversation. I can't get much further into it right now. But it's it's a sort of like on the record sort of thing. It's just ridiculous overall. I was trying to think of a joke where I could insert the word stock and like asparagus. And Ben likes to hunt his asparagus, but I just couldn't couldn't make it work. <laughs> He's got asparagus right there. <laughs> Why are you holding a piece of asparagus? Where did you get that? Well, uh, I don't know if you remember me telling you this. I was making dinner, so I have my my Brussels sprouts and my broccoli and my <laughs> fake uh, fake Szechuan beef that's not real beef. And uh, I have some asparagus, so I it's thought... funny that you mentioned asparagus because here you go. Unbelievable. I thought for sure you were bringing props to an audio show is really what I thought was happening here. That's a I real carrot top be, move. I thought this was going to be on the YouTube. Yeah, this is some sort of weird ass thing. Yeah, I don't know. Love it. Uh, baseball. Then we've got off quite a tangent already. Sure. It's, uh, it's uh, not going great for me in fantasy. Ben, how are you feeling about things so far? I don't. I don't even know if I want to ask Sam this question, but I will. I'm feeling a lot better. I am now 500, one for one. I took down um one-eared Ivan or as he's called Ivan the Terrible is I think his nickname for 20 and 19 mm -hmm. uh, so I took him down last week and I'm I'm ready to see this week I think I have Jason on on the docket Jason is also terrible I mean you should probably beat him he missed his draft for those who don't remember but um so yeah his team's really bad he should just get swept yeah it took me just a little bit to figure out like that if I add a player, it doesn't add them until next day. So I had some issues in week one, some growing pains, but that's all right. It's a long season. Exactly. Those kinds of things are natural. You kind of have to figure out the, you know, the ins and outs of the league and whatnot. I wish, Sam, have we ever considered having points for like a catcher gunning someone down? I don't know if that's a statistical category that they cover. Maybe yeah. catcher's assist. Feels like it should be though, right? Um, we don't do that. However, I've, I've realized a, a pretty large gap in our scoring system um, that basically, in essence, doesn't take into effect um, on base percentage. So we have, you know, points for singles and doubles and triples and home runs, hits, all that stuff, but not just bases. So if we replaced singles, doubles and triples um, with each base giving you points, that would reward players for walking, which I think oh. is an important or getting uh, hit by pitch, um, which, you know, 16 times a year, not a big deal. But uh, someone who walks a lot is should be a rewardable offense, and we don't, we don't do that. 
I would say that like five years ago, that probably wasn't looked at that way, which is crazy. But it definitely is now. We'll fix that for next year. Yeah, that's an easy one. On base. And that just tells me that if anyone wants to step in front of an inside curveball, it will not help me this year, but do it next year. Possibly. Shinsu Chu loves to get hit by the ball. He's like at historic levels of getting hit by pitch. Is he really? He is the highest percentage, I think, of all active players. Mm. He just He's not even a, a crowd a plate crowder by, by any stretch. He just gets hit a lot. That's a really weird stat. I guess I, you would I'm, just be throwing him in a lot to make sure that to make sure that you're, he's not just going to rope because he ropes from the outside somehow a lot. He so, does. He's an on base guy too. So yeah. outside of getting hit by pitches, he tends to take a lot and swing at really good ones. And you know you got to scare those guys. It seems like too for a while there, at least in his peak days, he was really good at making pitchers kind of work. For sure. Yep. Same. Yeah, for sure. Mike, are you going to ask me how fantasy is going for me, or are we just going to skip that? Uh, well, I was just going to say real quick before we get there, my, my team stinks out loud. I've had to do some – I've had a shit ton of injuries so far, so that hasn't helped me, but I've also had to do some kind of repair on the fly. It also doesn't help me that Chris Archer got fucking suspended. Well, I guess I guess that's he's about to pay that piper soon, so that's just annoying, though. Is he doing well this season? He's doing all right. Not bad. Or is the suspension going to make your team better? No, the suspension will not make my team better, simply on the fact that – any points are better than no points kind of thing. And well, yeah, also, I was gonna, my point was he often makes negative point appearances. He hasn't done that as much since he's been in Pittsburgh, it seems. That's good. Last season, he was kind of poop for me, so I didn't keep him. It feels like ever since he got injured, he never really came back full strength. Yeah, fair. Well, I'm glad to hear he's doing well with Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, he's going to be suspended, so that's annoying. Well, so now that we've come around to it, how's your team, Sam? It's going really well. I'm 2-0. and Um... I'm facing the other guy who's 2-0, and and his name is Marty, and his team is stacked. So I'll probably lose this week, but I feel pretty good about cleaning up the bottom three quarters of the league uh, for the rest of the season and, and handily making the playoffs. I will say I, I joined my brother's baseball league um, and promptly went 2-0, and um, and I just beat the commissioner. He's 0-2. So the shit-talking has, has commenced. I, I put a thing on the message board i said sack the commissioner so, <laughs> with I said, all of this, motion to remove this loser from power that's fantastic uh you're doing a baseball coup but with all this trash talk i'm really surprised you're not a bigger fan of adjustable caps because your head is getting bigger and bigger i, I figured something some joke along those lines would come up but no it's it's a fixed skull size <laughs> mark that for later <laughs> For those of you just now tuning in, and this is your first episode, welcome to the Outfielder Podcast. We're idiots. Yeah, we know how big our heads are, apparently. Most of us. It's, uh, Sam, it, your your pitching staff is really, like, scrappy, I feel like, but they're really good in a lot of ways. So, the, it's um, comprised largely of names that should be very good, mm-hmm. but are not performing very well. Yes. Um, so I think ideally a lot of these guys make improvements because many of them were rested in spring training and haven't gotten the reps in to be good. Like Corey Kluber has been crap and Walker Bueller has been crap. Um, but we know these guys have it in them to be really good. So I just need some more weeks before, um, they, they start carrying the team right now. The offense is carrying my team. My offense is killer. I do not know what Walker Bueller is going to be. 
He seems like he has potential to be Kershaw, but he also doesn't ever be able to seem to make that jump at all. I don't I don't know either. It's really hard for me to say what he's going to be. Um, as long as it's successful, you know, maybe he doesn't have to emulate another player that's been great. Yeah. But um, it's it's hard for me to apply a label as well. I don't really trust him because it seems like he has two last names. Yeah. Yes. That is... Can't trust that. It's no. it's either you can't trust it or he's an absolute badass, but he hasn't proved to be that much of a badass yet, so the jury's no. probably still out a little bit. He's got to kill a rattlesnake or something. Mm. Has With he? His teeth. Have we checked into this at all? No. Rattlesnake kills? All right. well, let's maybe, put it on the... Uh, maybe that should be a stat. <laughs> Rattlesnake kills Madison Bumgarner one rest of universe zero. Right, he would have a ridiculous amount of rattlesnake kills. Knowing him, he would go find rattlesnakes to kill. That guy's ridiculous. Anybody that dated somebody with their same name is just unbelievable. Not trusted. No, not to be trusted at all. I always love that Ben found out about that on this podcast and just couldn't even contain himself. I'm yeah. I I can safely say that I've never dated anyone named Ben. <laughs> That's good. It's a good. I'm glad we're there. Uh, all right. Well, Ben, who's sponsoring the pod today? Yeah, let me see what I can find on the old uh, on the old teletype here. Are you tired of not being able to recognize bird calls on your hikes? Do you wish you could name that pesky tune that that robin outside your bedroom window sings each morning? Well, look no further than Vlad Guerrero's Robins and Sparrows, your home for birds and other avian needs. Are you looking for a one-stop shop for all your ornithological wants and needs? Well, come out today. Now opening a second location just outside Toronto. Back to you, Sam and Justin. Excellent. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty fucking good. Is Vlad Guerrero been injured up to this point? He has, right? Uh, he's played three minor league games, and he is hitting 500 ah. across those games okay. with one home run and a, a handful of RBIs. He'll be up in no time. Do you think he'll be up May 5th when the Blue Jays come to Arlington to take on the Rangers? Ooh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because we're just a cupcake team for hitters. It's a good confidence-boosting venue as well for for hitters. Do you think – I saw this poll on Twitter yesterday. Do you think – if you're looking at just general upside for stars on your team up and coming, would you take Acuna, Albies, or would you take Vlad? Um, if they all came up at the same time. Yeah, just say they all were on the same playing field. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, probably Vlad, Acuna, Albies. Ah, dude, so I, st- I thought that was the easy answer, but the more I've thought about it, the more I feel like Vlad could be really risky. I feel Certainly. like Acuna is more of an all-around good player. It's true. So that okay, that's all I would really say. Do what? That's a really hard one because I feel like you're right with with Vlad. There is a ton of upside potential, and it's hard to say to put them all on an even playing field because the other two guys have a lot more experience or any experience in the league. So therefore, you kind of know how they're going to do in those higher stakes scenarios. Yeah, it's very very true. It's true, but he's you know he's arguably one of the best hitters that we've seen in the minor leagues in a couple of years. Um, and while he might not be used to major league pitching and hasn't gotten the reps at this level, um, you know, a guy with that sort of raw talent and that hand-eye coordination is going to make the adjustments to hit the shit out of like a Chris Tillman, like 70 mile an hour fastball. 
that's a hundred percent true, and that's where my head was at originally. But I also feel like the risk for injury is very strong. Like I don't know because he's going to have to start trying to develop other parts of his game. In which case, speed would probably be something that he would want to try to milk out there. Just depending on where he's going to hit in the lineup and all that. So I don't, I don't think he's built for speed. I mean, that might be a <laughs> small not. part of his game because he's young. But I don't see him like shifting gears and being like, okay, let me try and steal some bases. Well, so that's that's where I'm wondering is I don't necessarily see, see him going to be stealing bases, but I could see someone, especially that's been this talked about, almost getting a Joey Gallo syndrome where they think they have to swing for the fences all the time. And I definitely think Vlad is much more disciplined at the plate than Gallo, but that would be my concern is if he's this highly touted prospect, he's going to try to be Superman and he's going to end up either A, biting off more than he can chew and getting injured, or B, not necessarily value um, you know what small ball play does for teams that's fair it's a fair assessment I think if you've read any of the interview transcripts that he's like from the interviews that he's given he appears to be a fairly mature and humble young man Um, so I'm I'm hoping that his plate discipline um, and his ability to understand the game and know know his role will keep him from just being the guy who wants to hit a home run every at bat? Even though sometimes that might that might be what happens. That that's great. That's a great outcome. I just question, like he, he's coming up at a really weird time because in that division, you have such a powerhouse of Red Sox and Yankees of really young cores, and Toronto is kind of a long way from being there yet. I mean, they've been bad for a while, but not long enough yet. Well, that makes me wonder if he's really going to stay in Toronto. I'm not saying that there's any talks out there, but I'm saying after two or three seasons of him just tearing it up at a subpar team, uh, if huge money won't come knocking, you know, to the tune of maybe from the Yankees or Boston or the Dodgers or something, and he doesn't end up in a big market. They've played really closely with his options and everything to make sure his service time is underneath what it needs to be to make sure they can hold on to him for as long as humanly possible. I would imagine that by the time that it gets that time where he's a free agent that they're going to be ready to write whatever check he wants, I would think, if that if everything progresses at the same way it should have. Sure. It's fair. I think Toronto has like a couple of really good young stars in the pipeline. They've got Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., and then maybe, is it like a, a Biggio son yes. in the minors? Something who are like all that, right? potentially really good. I'm not saying that makes them like a potential powerhouse or anything, but... You know, they, they do have some stuff in the pipeline, I guess, is what I'm saying. I'm not sure why that applies. Love it. All right, well, let's do the POS Corner. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular schedule of programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, 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 huge piece of shit. Awesome. So my first and only piece of shit of the day is fire. Fire. What? Tell me yeah. more. Well, the, the Cathedral of Notre Dame is currently on fire. Um, which is very, very sad. This was built in around around the 1100s. It's been around for, for many, many years. 
very much on fire, kind of one of the crown jewels of this earth, um, probably going to be entirely destroyed. So fire, you can go fuck yourself. Mm, I'll give you one more bell for that. I think uh, speaking of fire or not fire, France, there's only one real notable person uh, affiliated with Major League Baseball who was born in France, and that's Bruce Bochy. Did you guys know he was born in France? Did not. Yes, he grew up on a military base in, in southwest France um, and is the most successful French baseball person in the MLB. Is he still managing the Giants one more year this year, or is he done? I think this is his final year. What a piece of shit for announcing it like mid last year. Yeah. Well, if you want a team to quit on you, that's the way to do it. Very quittable <laughs> yeah. team, that Giants squad. Mm-hmm. Abysmal. Sam, you get some bonus points for coming in with your hot take. <laughs> Fire, hot. Love it. Ben, next. So mine's a bit of a stretch this week, but it is baseball-related. On May the 5th, I will be attending the Texas Rangers taking on the Toronto Blue Jays, and especially with Sam's bold prediction and promise that Vlad Guerrero Jr. will be there, which gets me super jazzed up. There's only one thing to make me tepid about it, is it is Girl Scout Day, and I will be there with my daughter and her Girl Scout troop. I love my kids. I absolutely love being an involved parent. But I don't think that any of these six-year-olds are going to want to keep score with me or necessarily understand, you know, like the amount of finesse that goes into the game. I think they're just going to be looking for the captain. So who's the piece of shit here? Your daughter, the Girl Scouts, or all the girls around you? Or is it Vlad for making you pay attention? Nope. This is none of those. We're going to go one step further because when you are involved with organized sort of things... You have these troop leaders, and this leader comes up to me last week at this meeting and says, hey, we're going to the Ranger game on May 5th. We're buying the Girl Scouts ticket, but any family members welcome to come. Here's a list of all of our price points. Now, what do y'all think is a fair price point that she would have recommended for the baseball tickets for the entire Girl Scout troop? $28. That would be my guess. Okay. Not even a range. Are Are we guessing what she... what? her idea was or what it should be uh both sam do you want to answer the second part of that question or are you going with 28 all the way around what it should uh so what i think it should be is 28 dollars. what i think she recommended i'm gonna guess 62 dollars. and i'm gonna say what it should be is less than that i'm gonna say around anywhere from 18 to 20 dollars so we'll call that 19 dollars and i will say <laughs> Split the difference there, yep. why don't you? And I will say 42. Okay, so y'all were both real close because she like slides it across this thing, this table. is like, I think we should go for the $50 seats. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I want to take a family of four to a Ranger game. I'm not going to spend $200 to watch a bad baseball team so my kid can walk around the track. You know, like, yeah. that's fine. But no, like there were there were tickets where adults were fourteen dollars and kids were six dollars. I was like, give me that all day long, yeah. and if we have leftover money, buy the kids a jersey or a ball cap or ice cream. But don't be coming in here. Plus, you know, not to bring up classism, but you don't necessarily know what the makeup of the socioeconomic of our Girl Scout troop is. How dare you assume that some of these parents? Some of whom are working single moms can afford to blow a hundred bucks to take a two-day trip or a two-person trip to the Ranger game. How dare you? 
it's a fair That's point. Did you take this opportunity to call her hot shot, thinking that she that everyone was able to afford that much? No, she looks like a Kmart version of Mandy Moore, so I just call her Mandy Less. Wow. Oh, boy. If we work on your delivery, we should throw you up on a stage and tell these jokes. Yeah, I don't want to get tomatoes thrown at me. Ben, that's a great content idea, though. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to be like, hey, this is me. Why are all these kids here? (laughs) Good stuff. Is that all you got? Is that the that's that's it? That's right. uh, that's who I got. So we're gonna give Peggy the bell. We're calling her Peggy because that sounds like what her name would be. I love it. Uh, all right. So mine is the MLB app notifications. Give myself a bell there. Uh, <laughs> Herman Marquez was throwing a no no yesterday until I get a notification from the MLB app that said that he's through seven with a no no. And then the immediate, within two minutes, I got one that said it ended. It's the notification's fault. Why? Absolutely. Why would they do this? I don't understand. I wouldn't. So I'm not going to blame the notifications. Ben Ben was just talking off air about how much he doesn't like notifications. But it's the triggering of those notifications that are the problem. They should have triggered it at four and a half innings or like at the halfway part of the inning and not the seventh and knowing that it was going to end in like, you know, two at-bats. Well, the main thing is you don't talk about it. So that's where I'm with Justin on this. They should say there's a really good game happening right now or there's some really neat stuff going on in XYZ ballpark, but you don't even breathe a word of it. Come on. It's not fucking voodoo. No, Sam, it is voodoo, and I need you to respect the art and the craft of what's going on here. There are greater baseball forces at play that your ever-changing head size may not understand. I just... <laughs> you spent time in an MLB dugout. You don't talk about it. Sure. Not an MLB Why have dugout. you spent time in an I MLB meant, dugout? I meant to say baseball dugout, not MLB. Oh, okay. You know, we do an MLB show, that kind of thing. Yep. All right. Sam's ever-changing head doesn't agree. Well, good stuff. No. Uh, anything else? We good? Oh, the Red Sox, they're they are garbage. They're, <laughs> they're the piece of shit team for the week. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I'll give them that. That's it. They fuck. Yeah, we'll talk about it here in just a bit. We're going to the standings anyway. Around the diamond. That's right, cats and kittens. It's that time of the day where we are going to take you from AL to NL, from east to west and everywhere in between. Let's start where we always start because it's alphabetically first. It's not even that. It's just what we do first. The AL East. Justin, what's happening? Run them down, man. Run the standings down. In first place, we have the Tampa Bay Rays. They must have exercised those devils because they are 12-4. and four. The Baltimore Boreals coming in second place at 7-10. Second place at 7-10? What the heck? The New York Yankees, those pinstripes are 6-9. and nine. The Boston Red Sox, 6-11. and 11. And in last place... The lowly Blue Jays, 5-11. and 11. Thoughts? So I've got to start with what's going really wrong with a couple of teams. The Yankees have like $1.8 billion in, in uh, payroll. Ugh. They have like what? They have a $100 million in payroll on the DL. Boston is, is a little banged up and they can't get their bats going and their rotation is, is historically bad right now. Toronto is kind of meant to be bad. What the hell's going on with Toronto? Or I'm sorry, Baltimore. The Porioles are 
are not that poor um, compared to the rest of the league. And then Tampa Bay is, you know, they've got really good pitching. They've got some guys who are really hitting the ball. Yandy Diaz is hitting some home runs and, and doing some really fun stuff out on the field. And uh, they've got a young guy, Austin Meadows, who's, who's really doing very well. I feel like Austin Meadows has been in the pipeline coming up for quite some time. Um, I feel like with so the funny thing whenever I look at Baltimore's numbers is their run differential. They're in second place with a negative twenty-seven run differential, but then you've got the Rays with plus thirty-eight and the Yankees behind them at plus ten. So that just goes to show. I mean, things like Chris Davis don't help. Ironically enough, Chris Davis got his first and like sixteen hits against the Red Sox the other day. Fucking awesome. Yeah, how does that feel? I, don't really I bet it feels good, right, Justin? It happened. It was in a division. They play more games than anybody else against them. So, no, that, that's the thing about the AL East is, it's not to say that oh my God, Baltimore's doing great because they're in second place. It's that that's how bad the Yankees, Boston, and Toronto are doing, because Baltimore at their seven and ten, you know, it's a four twelve winning percentage. Like uh, Sam or Justin said, negative twenty seven on the run differential. They would be in fourth place in the Central and last place in the West. So it's just because someone has to be in second place and the other teams are battling it out for the bottom. Fair. Yeah. There's not a lot to say other than that, honestly. Boston's still working on getting their pitching in order. It's gotten a little bit better. They've definitely... This homestand of being back in at Fenway has helped, other than the fact that they lost on Patriots Day Day. That really pissed me off. But this is the first time they've lost on Patriots Day in like six or seven years, though. I could be wrong on that, but it's like only like once in the last six or seven years. How tempting is Dallas Keuchel right now? Kind of tempting, to be honest with you, depending on what it would cost to sign him. It's not my fucking money. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, just write those checks. Just write it. You just won a World Series. Come on. What are you doing? It's definitely tempting. I, it just it almost feels like he's turning his nose up at that. I mean, I don't want to blame it all on him and and uh, Craig Kimbrell, because I've definitely heard that both of them have lowered their expectation a little bit in the last few days. But I feel like, I don't know, it just still seems like there's some sort of barrier there and, and no reason to panic on some of these teams' fronts. That's what it feels like. Yeah, we're not, we're not into the season uh, enough games to really panic. Yeah, that's kind of where my head's at. Awesome. Well, let's, let's take on. it a little further west as we move to the AL Central. We have the Minnesota Twins at 8-4, and four, Cleveland at 8-7, and seven, the Detroit Tigers also at eight and seven, the Chicago White Sox at five and nine, and the Kansas City Royals at five and ten. I almost called them the Chiefs. That's how much I'm not plugged in to what Kansas City is doing. Rough. Yeah, man. They've. Uh, it feels like Cleveland's been off to a really slow start overall. So, well, yeah. Let's see. So I guess as it comes to teams like Cleveland or like the Yankees or Boston. At what point in the season, if you're running these clubs that should be doing better than they're doing, what point do you start to maybe not panic, but at least start to maybe try to right the ship? It's not April. I know that. <laughs> I mean, two weeks into May. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Sure. But this this division is kind of weird again this year. And it, I feel like it's going to end up being that way again, where it's just solidifies and stays that way. I look forward to just skipping over it in the standings um, discussion every week very soon. It feels like Minnesota uh, should be a little bit better than they are. Like this year overall should be better than, than they were last year. Yeah. yeah. 
we talked about some of their offseason additions. They're the ones who made probably the most moves in the offseasons. Now, whether or not it's going to be meaningful, we'll have to see. But you have to couple that with the fact that Detroit, Chicago, and Kansas City are all rebuilding. So that means their only real competition is Cleveland. And Cleveland, they're kind of a sleeper team year after year after year. I think they've been assuming that they don't have competition. They can just do whatever. And that assumption is wrong this year. It kind of I'll say... I'll say tactically with Cleveland, uh, Carlos Carrasco and Corey Kluber have been very, very poor. Um, two of their best pitchers not really doing a whole lot. Brad Hand has blown a couple of saves. Um, so they, they've got some work to do. They need to kind of continue to shake the rust off. But I, I still expect them to sort of round into form in a couple of weeks. I would say that's that's true. And they also have Francisco Lindor coming back, don't they? Pretty sure I think that's do. right. Yeah, I think he had a rehab start in AAA today. So coming right back around, I feel like once they kind of get healthy, yeah, it'll be interesting. They're going to be in a very interesting situation with their bullpen and everything. I still didn't feel like they added enough either in the offseason, but we'll see. I would think that Dallas Keuchel would be very interesting to them too. Keuchel would be good. I bet they're hurting for Michael Brantley, who left for Houston. I mean, that's a really good player that they let go. Has he he done anything in Houston yet? Has he played much? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's been okay. Okay. Sound really confident. Yeah. Mm, sorry. No, you're good. You look into that. We'll finish or we'll go back into the standings here for a second. Ben, let's talk about the West. Yeah. So we might as well be talking about the West since we're looking up Houston numbers. Uh, the AOS sees the Seattle Mariners at 13 and 5, the Houston Astros, second place at 11 and 5, Los Angeles Angels at 8 and 7, the Oakland Athletics at 10 and 9. That's probably one of the strongest fourth, uh, strongest fourth place teams out there. And then the Texas Rangers in last place at 500. Thoughts? The Astros have won nine straight, and they are 11-5. and five. So that's crazy. They lost a fair amount of games to begin the season. Ben, you know what? I, I texted Sam this this morning. And it's just one of the reasons I love baseball. I saw that if you went like year to date, um, or no, I'm sorry, since last All-Star break up until this point, Derek Holland has a better ERA than Justin Verlander. What? <laughs> yeah. I I can't wrap my head around that stat. Yeah. It doesn't mean a thing. It's like no. the least valuable thing you could possibly run across, but it's still a truth, true statement. Because well, Holland's in San Francisco right now, right? Yeah. Pretty wild. I feel like this division is a little... I Honestly, I think it's a little bit tighter than any of us thought it would be so far. I mean, it feels like Texas is going to... I, Ben, did you say that Texas was going to be a 500 team? No, I had them in last. Did anybody say they were? I thought that somebody said they were going to be like around a 500 team, still probably close to the bottom, but I could be wrong there. But I had them coming in in fourth above the Mariners, which is clearly not. That might have been Jimmy Midtown. Mm, could be. We'll look back at the etched in stone record later on. I feel like Seattle's uh, off to way too hot of a start, though. They're hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah, their run differential is plus 35. That's going to come back down to earth a little bit. For sure. Houston so I've got Michael Brantley's numbers here. Michael Brantley is hitting 295, two home runs, 11 RBIs, and two stolen bases. So that's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah, It's a good start. He'll get hurt. I'll take but... him to Texas. <laughs> yeah. He'll get hurt. He'll definitely get hurt. Yeah, certainly get hurt. Any other notes here? Oh, well, Ben, I can't believe we forgot to talk about this at the beginning of the episode. I can't believe Saturday at the ballpark got rained out. That should have been the biggest thing in the piece of shit quarter. Absolutely. Um, I mean, 
I don't think that any of us want to necessarily tempt the weather by making fun of it, but the fact that we got rained out for Oakland at Texas this past weekend was a real bummer. And not just like rained out. It was like ridiculous rain. It was ridiculous rain. Um, I ended up, I was going to then go to like a sort of like a spring festival sort of thing. It was also rained out, but there was a silver lining in all of this. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. I got to see a really badass Fleetwood Mac tribute band at a dive bar, and it was great. Awesome. I thought for sure you were going to say something like, I didn't have to water my lawn. <laughs> no, better than that. And I'm still mad at you from our lawn care talk where you didn't give enough credit to edging. Edging can go to hell. Wow. <sighs> this is just such a bad take. Um, oh, man. Th- Your get- HOA is going to kick you out if you keep saying I don't that. have an HOA, sir. Thank you. That's is- on purpose. He is the HOA. <laughs> yeah, the yards probably look terrible because no one edges. You guys need to come over. <laughs> I'll come over anytime. Not anytime, but sometime <laughs> I will. Sometime, yeah. We're going to make We're going to fly out there for a surprise in- inspection. See how it goes. That's right. We'll get yeah, our ruler. The Please. ruler. <laughs> Bring it. You call this Bermuda grass? No, it's some no. sort of weird uh, grass that put him up on another pedestal somehow or another. I forget exactly yeah. what it was. It's called zoysia. Oh. Zoysia? Mm-hmm. Zoysia. It's what they use on golf courses. Awesome. Let's move on to the NL East. <laughs> In the NL East, we have the Philadelphia Phillies at 9-5, and five, the Atlanta Braves at 9-6, and six, also at 9-6, and six, the New York Metropolitans at 500 in fourth place, the Washington Nationals, and in last place, the Miami Marlins at 4-12. and 12. Sam, you want to start us off? Yeah, uh, I've been watching a lot of Braves games. They've already played, I think, um, they just got done with the Mets. Because I actually, can I talk about something for just a moment unrelated to actual performance? Please. Absolutely. I saw Noah Syndergaard at the airport yesterday. What an asshole. What was he doing at the airport? Well, so the Mets uh, are here in Atlanta. We're here in Atlanta playing. He starts tonight in New York. So I guess he took the early flight home to get a, a good night's rest before his start. And I'm dropping. I, we had friends in town, and I dropped them off at the airport instead of putting them on the train to go to the airport. I'm a really good friend. Yeah. Um, and I stop. I let them out. I, you know, I get back in line to get out of the airport. And this limousine stops right in front of me. And I'm like, God damn it. Here we go. All right, whatever. Angry about it. And then, Yeah, I'm angry about it. And the guy, the driver gives me this weird look like maybe I'm too close to his car or something. But what I end up figuring out is that he's signaling me. Because so, I've got my, a Brave shirt on. He's signaling me to look at the guy. And it's Noah Syndergaard. It's this enormous, tall, Nordic, blonde dude with like a man bun thing on. And he goes, that's Noah Syndergaard. And I was like, holy shit, Noah Syndergaard just got out in front of my car. Surprised you didn't get out there and give him a whole ration of shit. <laughs> uh, I think I was a little shell shocked. I was also in the fast lane, stopped, so mm-hmm. I decided not to uh, get out of my car. That's probably better overall. Um, I would like to, while we're talking about Syndergaard, I believe he is on my fantasy team. Oh. Yes, he is, and he's starting right now. Ah. Uh, he's earned me 27.9 points this year. That's very good. You should rename your team at Syndergarden Cop. No, that's been done. That's been done. It's been done, but it's still really good. It's a great it's a team classic. name. Yeah, it's a great team name. So the Mets are looking really good. They've got some some strong pitching. Degrom has stumbled a little bit, but they've got some hitters who are doing really well. Ahmed Rosario 
and Pete Alonso are just crushing the ball from the Mets. They're scoring a ton of runs, even though the run differential is only plus one. They so, will. Oh, go ahead, Ben. One thing about the Mets that I'm that I'm really looking at is I try to pay attention to uh, home and away differentials. Uh, Mets are only two and three at home. They're seven and three on the road. It's just really interesting. And they always do this thing where they get off to this flashy hot start and then, you know, crash and burn by the end of May. That's their MO pretty big time. It's true, but they've gotten rid of the fat guys like Lucas Duda and Azdrubal Cabrera to really weigh them down. It's true. How you, how y'all feeling about uh, Bryce Harper and the rest of the NL East? I haven't looked at Good. his numbers specifically, but I'm going to look at those right now while you bring that up. Bryce Harper has been doing pretty well, I think. Um it's going to be – this is going to be easily the best division in baseball. I mean, Washington – all teams one through four, Philadelphia, Atlanta, New York, and um, D.C. are all super strong. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of, like, shifts in, in the leaderboards here. It's going to be really fun to watch. But I'm watching a ton of Atlanta Braves games, which means I'm watching a lot of these teams play. So I'll, I'll try to bring some heavier insights in the, in the season. Harper's it's only hitting. a two-game differential between Washington and the Phillies right now. Harper's hitting 280, 436, 600, and 1038 OPS. He's got um, he's got 14 bases on balls. He's got nine RBIs and four home runs. Pretty fucking good. Good. That's, yeah. That sounds very similar to Acuna minus the batting average in the OBP. It's already better than he was than he slashed all year last year. That's great. But we established last year was not. Probably, I mean, he was not good for a part of the year last year. A good, sizable part of the year. Well, yeah, he injured himself late in the 2017 season, and um, I think he had limited spring training action last year. Got it. How often, how long into the year do y'all go before you look at someone's war? And I need a little bit longer than this. It's got to be at least a month or two. Just curious. Yeah. May is I'd be surprised I'd be unsurprised if Mike Trout wasn't already over like 0.75 war isn't he hurt though no he's playing tonight he's back he missed two or three games against the Rangers he's playing he'll probably hit many home runs yeah Trout's at 1.8 right now holy <laughs> shit there's only been 16 games 1.8 war he's played 15 games and you're saying that more than 10 percent of them are him He's had a yeah. He's had thirty-two at bats. Mike Trout's a 13, 13 hits, five home Holy runs, Christ. batting average of four oh six, eight runs, twelve RBIs, one stolen base, OBP of five ninety-two, slugging percentage, slugging percentage of nine thirty-eight, OPS of one five two nine. He's responsible for over ten percent of their wins through the season, which is ridiculous. He single-handedly beat the Rangers in their last series. It was crazy. He scored, I think, I think he had like 14 or 16 RBIs and the rest of the team combined had like five. Oh, and by the way, he's been hit by three pitches. We talked about that <laughs> earlier, so just throwing that out there. In 32 at-bats, he's been hit by a pitch. It's not a great statistic. Um, I mean, he's making plays in the outfield too, and he's just... He's 10% just, of the time, you're going to hit him with the ball. What jerks? I was uh I was diving into some Ricky Henderson stats the other day about oh, stolen Lord. bases and things like that. Some of these things are just unbelievable. We'll have to really have a breakdown of that during a slow week sometime. Just now's not really the time. Y'all ready to head towards the central or any other thoughts on the east? No, let's do it. Milwaukee Brewers at ten and six, St. Louis Cardinals at nine and six, 
Pittsburgh Pirates at a surprising eight and six. Chicago Cubbies at five and nine. Also at five and nine, the Cincinnati Redlegs. Thoughts? Sam, you want to start us off? Uh, I thought St. Louis would be a little bit better, um, and Milwaukee wouldn't be as good. No, I don't have any like concrete thoughts. I, I I haven't watched any of these teams play firsthand. Um, whatever. It's too early for me to give any meaningful thoughts. The Cubs kind of stink at baseball, though, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, they certainly do. I saw the opening series against them and the Rangers, and they they put up just some of the worst performances ever. So many of the things that weren't on stat sheets that you saw these guys do were just piss poor, like not communicating in the outfield and like taking too big of a lead on first base and just doing some really stupid shit, some mental errors. Um, the Cubs are Cubs are total poop. We talked about this earlier on the season, and we talked about how much of a this probably shouldn't be a thing, but somehow is a thing. I mean, you have to start wondering at what point is that coaching and, I mean, keeping these guys engaged. I mean, at some point, what's the other variable? I blame John Lester at all fronts. Okay. He's hurt, too, on my fantasy team. Yeah, I blame him for that. That we were going to look into is how much of Joe Madden's leadership style is changing or pivoting given the way the season's going. I mean, we don't really have a way of measuring that, but I think that's a real interesting sort of case study. I, I wonder what the Chicago sports writers are saying specifically about the way the Cubs are doing because they knew the White Sox were going to be bad. I don't think anyone knew the Cubs were going to be this bad. Yeah, I think maybe maybe we can try and pull a metric together around number of silly suit travel days versus games played because they do a lot of that shit (laughs) yeah they really do but you gotta wonder like again i'm not advocating for it but i'm just saying that you gotta wonder at some point where is i mean the leadership has to take somewhat of a fall i mean whenever you keep doing the same thing over and over again it doesn't make any kind of sense and a lot of these guys are going to be free agents coming up and i mean you darvish is horrible absolutely horrible i'm gonna look up his numbers right now so while you're looking that up, what do y'all think about the fact that um, Pittsburgh, is, are they only in third place because the Cubs are this bad, or do you buy into the fact that they're 8-6? and six? I mean, that's just above 500. That's kind of, I kind of expect them to be 500, I think. Okay. Um, they had Jung Ho Kong, who was, who was off to like a torrid start, who's cooled off. Um, their pitching has been downright adequate. I mean, they're not really doing anything super special over there, so... So they're just kind of existing? I think they're kind of existing, yeah. It's... And in your opinion, the Cubs are doing worse than existing? Oh, yeah. No, they're existing, and they're terrible at it. I mean, yeah. Javi Baez isn't having a great season, and how how many excellent plays, like game-saving plays, did he make last year? He's not going to do that again. No. The uh, I was looking at Yu Darvish's numbers, so he's had three starts. He's 0-2 in those starts. He's got a 7.50 ERA. He's pitched 12 innings over three starts. Ooh, so that's not good. He's given up 11 hit, uh, eleven runs on 12 hits, 10 earned. He's walked 11, and he struck out 10. That's not good. Do you think maybe he discovered Schlitz while he was in Chicago? As in, like, the malted liquor? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I believe Schlitz is a beer is it just from a beer? Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Schlitz and I go way back. Oh. I feel like we need to know more about that, but also at the same time, don't want to know more about that. <laughs> well, in that case, let's take things to the NL West. Oh, I did have one final thought about the Central. Uh, right now, St. Louis and Milwaukee are playing. I'm I'm interested to see how those two teams 
um, you know, what their record against each other looks like after they get about two series under their belt. I think that that's going to be, you know, as, as that matchup goes, so will the division. Love it. I do love that Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are out there fighting each other. That kind of fell between like a lull of when we recorded last and like the day Oh, the we brawl were footage? Absolutely. Yeah. It's unbelievable. All right, Ben. The West. NL West in first place. What the heck is going on? The San Diego Padres at 11 and 6. The Dodgers in second at 9 and 8. The Arizona Diamondbacks at 7 and 9. In fourth place, the San Francisco Giants at 7 to 10. And in last place, the Colorado Rockies at four and twelve. Go Sam, Padres! What's going on? I love a good team that used to be shitty and then isn't all of a sudden. I say go Padres. They've got some really good young talent behind Manny Machado. They've got uh, Joe Lucchese, and they they brought up a uh, young guy Chris Paddock, who are pitching the ball really really well. Um, they're just kind of doing doing some things right against a really awful NL West. Well, that's that's the thing is they're eleven and six. It's a six forty seven win percentage, and they have a negative three run differential. Like, what is going on in that division? They need to add pitching. They'd be a great candidate for a Dallas Keuchel type of arm, and I've heard mm. talks of that being looked at at least. That's strong the most agree. most talk I've heard about it being looked at is that. So I think that they could definitely use it. I think another underrated person on this team is Fernando Tatis Jr. That dude is really really good. He's going to be one of the good call. Yeah, they have a guy named Franmel Reyes to who can really hit the ball. He hasn't come into his own yet, but he has the potential to explode. But yeah, Fernando Tatis is doing very well. He's bad. So if if someone like Keichel moved to, oh, I'm sorry, Justin, go ahead. I was just going to say Tatis Jr. is batting 268, has an OBP of 344, slugging 589, OPS and 933. 11. I think it's five or six home runs. Yeah, 11 RBIs, five home runs. That's awesome. I was thinking, though, if someone like Keichel did go out to San Diego, if they wouldn't put too much weight on his shoulders. You know, I wonder about that, too, with Machado when they signed him, if that's almost too much. But I guess they, they put in Hosmer, was it, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Went to San Diego. So I guess that I guess they're they're trying to spread out some of that lifting. But when it comes to lackluster pitching, you know, they've given up 67 runs so far this season. And then you throw in someone who's been hurt like Keichel, like what's going to happen? Yeah, he's really there to consume innings at a like just above average performance. I mean, he's had obviously a Cy Young year, but traditionally he's a guy who's there to be a workhorse, and they could certainly use that and give you know give the bullpen some rest. Who, whose bullpen is like medium, and um, you know really just be there to be another guy in the rotation. The other thing, Ben, is that Machado has a pretty big center of gravity. So putting a big load on him, not too worried about it. <laughs> Are you going to cricket yourself on that? Yeah, sure. You guys have to call for a cricket on me because it just it doesn't give off the same effect when I tell my own jokes. And then did I miss the joke? I mean, was that like a science joke? Exactly. No, it was. It was that bad. What other thoughts do y'all have about the um, about the West? The Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers are- hit more home runs than anybody in the universe. It's crazy. They've scored 109 runs. That's the most in baseball. It's a ridiculous amount of runs. In- no, it's not. I'm sorry. Seattle has 126. But uh, the Dodgers have just not stopped hitting home runs. It's been really fun to see. Their pitching hasn't been great, but getting Kershaw back is going to help. They got Kershaw. Walker Bueller is crap. They lost uh, Ryu. So they're they're kind of in trouble. They could also, be good- all my deal. Mm. Telling you, man. It's Sad brutal for you. There. Yeah. Sad. So I know I play you. The Rockies are definitely off to a really <laughs> slow start, too. Yeah. 
not hitting a lot of runs. Nolan Arenado's not playing very well. John Gray's not playing very well. Um, yeah, they've, they've got to pick up the pace a little bit. seems like there's a lot of teams that we expect to be better that are still shaking the rust off. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them, actually. And I think I'm okay with that. You know, I'd rather them um, rest the, the guys who are going to perform really well midseason and not injure them by, you know, overworking them through spring training and then starting the season. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with this. I think this is a healthy step. It did make me laugh the other day when you texted me and said, Benintendi finally got a run. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Man, he's on my team and I kept him. So that's like a, a really, you know, valuable thing. Um, and he's not been that good. He'll pick it up. I wouldn't worry. So while we're on the West, um, another thing we don't want to um, forget about on April 15th, this player with a career war of 61.4, Hall of Famer, happy Jackie Robinson Day, y'all. Pretty awesome. Man. I can't believe we didn't bring that up earlier. I know. I want to make sure that we uh, give a shout out. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm told the... Uh, Budweiser and MLB teamed up and had a really like weird and sensitive commercial that's getting a lot of backlash where they tried to honor Jackie Robinson and may have just um, pissed off a bunch of people. Hmm, I have not seen this yet either, but I will review and get back with you guys. Yeah, that'll have to be something we cover uh, cover next next week for sure. I'm, I will happily put Budweiser in the piece of shit corner next week. <laughs> yes. That's like a preemptive one. I'm a Miller guy. Well, anyway, it was 72 years ago today that Jackie Robinson broke baseball's color barrier and uh, took the field. So uh, hats off to you, Jackie Robinson. Rest in peace. All right. Indeed. I'm literally going to after this, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to watch 42. The movie uh, good. good movie. You should. Pretty well done. A little hokey at times, but overall, really well done. It tells yeah, the right welcome, story. Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. Hey, T'Challa, he played ball in that movie, man. Yeah, for sure. I, was just... I didn't even know it was the same actor. Yeah, pretty nuts. <laughs> ben with movie talk. Love it. That's uh, why I don't go on our main podcast since we're on media. <laughs> yeah, you stay off of radio. I think that's fine. All right. Well, definitely, if you do like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out. We are at sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we have a ton of great podcasts out there. Are you ready for basketball season? Might as well be. We got On the Break, a basketball podcast coming at you live. Well, maybe not live, but at least recorded, so that way you can check out our hot sports opinions when it comes to basketball. Make sure to check us out on social media. And, of course, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. That definitely helps us out. Thank you all so much. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 62 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text to drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Get up, get up, get up, get up.